this is a past life experience. This is why I have a metaphobia in this lifetime because it brings back traumatic memories of how I died then. My name is Lydia and I'm here to tell you all about my weird little psychic experiences and just try my very best to make sense of them because deep down at heart, I'm a skeptical little someone. I was trying to I was trying to find an alliteration for skeptical, but I wanted to say a skeptical little bitch, but I don't think that's appropriate. I don't think my mum would like that, but I kind of am one, so <laughs> I've uh, got an episode for you today. I for I don't know if it's just because I'm on holiday at the moment, but I'm feeling a little surge of bravery. And yeah, I'm going to tell you about the first, maybe, maybe first two, either the first or the first two past lives that I remember. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> I can tell that Lisa over in the Gold Coast is just like, yes, Lydia, she's finally done it. <laughs> it's because of you, Lisa. You wore me down. <laughs> I know that it's something that I teased a few months ago now and then really chickened out of. But I think, I think I've sat with the past life in particular that I wanted to talk about for a little while now and I do think I'm confident enough to share it uh, and I feel like I kind of dabbled into past lives in the last episode when I talked about how I remember just being in utero and it's funny I didn't mention it on the episode but my poor mum like I remember calling her and being like mum did you have any miscarriages? Did you have any abortions? Like, I, I just remember being in utero. Like, are you sure it wasn't with you? And she was like, no, Lydia. And I'm like, are you sure? I was like, you can tell me. And she's like, no, Lydia, I didn't. <laughs> so sorry, mum. Sorry for berating you at that time. But now we have those answers. And as usual, before we get into the episode, though, I have a little psychic something something that has happened and I just need to clear it off my chest. So most of you may have seen from my Instagram story that my boyfriend's bike got stolen out of our apartment building. We moved over, or he moved over to Canada to mountain bike because it's his literal pride and joy. Like I watch him when he comes back from a ride and I just see how happy he is like deliriously happy and I just look at him and I'm like god I wish I had something that made me feel that way I feel like snowboarding is kind of that now like I do really love snowboarding and I can see how adrenaline inducing sports can make you feel like that but I know that mountain biking to him is just such a big part of what makes him him and he ended up having like a really big accident within about a month of us being over here and he needed surgery. And that's why 
last year I kind of I I think I took a little bit of a break from the podcast as well just because all of our energy was just pouring into him and um just making sure he'd be okay and the poor thing like he's been doing rehab for about he he's been doing it for like five times a day and it would be like half an hour to an hour sessions that he's rehabbing and he only just got to a point where he did his first ride back and was a little bit tentative as he did it and then he had his next ride and he was like yep yep everything's feeling really good I'm I'm in pain but it's not bad pain and then on Saturday morning we were out at breakfast at our favorite little place and he was going to go riding with some friends and he sat across from me at the table and he was like I'm so excited to go out and ride with people like he was just so excited he's an extrovert I'm an introvert so I know that him riding with other people just takes things to the next level for him so we came back I was like regrettably in a bit of a trashy mood I think I think I was a bit grumpy I really wanted I don't know I think maybe I needed to wee like I think maybe I needed to go to the bathroom or something and he wanted me to go and hold some of his gear for him while he went down to the secure bike shed um to go and get his bike and I like hooked up a fast and then we got down there and he looked in because you need a toggle to get into our building you need a key to get into the garage area and then you need a key to get into the secure bike shed where there's about 20 bikes and his bike was on the very end it had this big thick chain on it and it just was not there and the like you haven't you haven't seen this part of me but I like (laughs) saying I'm protective of the people I love is the biggest understatement like it genuinely scares Dan how protective I am of people I feel like it's because when I was little there were just scenarios where either I felt like I needed someone to stand up for me or I felt like I needed to stand up for someone and didn't. But it's like, I really feel like I have this need to advocate for vulnerable people. Um, and then it's even worse if they're my family, like I just get personally involved. <laughs> but yeah, my heart was just breaking for him. We walked in his bike just wasn't there he had protective stuff on his bike that was just like thrown on the ground and we went back upstairs and then we went back down and had another look at it and we're just like what the fuck and a car had driven into the garage while we were kind of standing in it and I went to close the bike door just so that sorry the bike shed door just so that they wouldn't drive into it like I just wanted to give them space And then we ended up leaving the shed and taking the lift up to our apartment again. And the woman had gotten out of her car and I was crying because it was just horrific. Dan was just silent. And we go to get into this lift and the woman turns to us and says, isn't it great how secure the bike storage is here? And we just kind of look at her and we're like no <laughs> no like this $13,000 bike just got stolen and she was like what and 
because she was a bit of an older lady, like she was definitely retired. She ended up talking to us for quite a while and talked about how, like, where she used to work and things like that. But she said, you're joking. And we were just like, no. And because a few years earlier, they'd had some bike thefts, which prompted the apartment manager to create an even more secure unit that you couldn't even look into the shed like you couldn't even see there were bikes in there kind of thing with the extra lock and all that kind of jazz but she said that as she came back from wherever she was the day before she saw a bike chain like a protective bike chain in her parking spot and she picked it up and put it next to her car and went to check on her bike in the bike shed. She had an e-bike to make sure that it wasn't stolen because the bike shed door was also open. And we just looked at her and we're like, all right, that's probably his chain. And she takes us to look at it. And sure enough, it was his chain. I, I didn't mean for this to be like a 10 minute story, but um, all I wanted to say was, one, what are the chances that she walks in or drives in at that time and just starts talking to us about bike security while neither of us were in a chatty mood, you know? Like you can see when people are kind of grief struck, which we were, and just like what are the chances, you know, that she talked to us, she came in at that moment, she had seen that bike chain and was able to connect everything for us so that was actually really amazing because it meant that we were able to pinpoint when it got taken we've gone through all the security footage and I tell you what if I see that person on the street he better run (laughs) I said to Daniel I was like I'll be carrying a tennis racket around with me and our property manager was like a tennis racket and dad was just like yeah you should see her serve (laughs) like a tennis racket is my weapon of choice Don't worry, mum. Oh my gosh, you'll be so worried right now. Don't worry, I won't actually accost this person. I'll have to do everything in my power to not. And also, no, I won't curse him like I (laughs) threatened to on social media. Mum was so worried about that. I was like, no, 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 it's just a joke. (laughs) Anyway, that night, I had something new kind of happen as well. As I went to sleep, I was kind of just lying there unable to sleep because a lot had happened and same with Dan, he couldn't really sleep either. But I ended up seeing like how I'd see a spirit, like kind of like that burnt out way. I saw a concrete wall and Dan's bike leaning against it. So it kind of looked like it was around the side of a building and it was just leaning against it and um that um, just makes me sad hey because I'm just like okay the chances of this being kind of like a little psychic message or something are actually like they're kind of high like I don't I don't doubt that that's what I was seeing which is rare for me you know how much I like to doubt but like (laughs) how many just concrete walls are there? Like I went and walked around our apartment building the next day just to see 
but it just didn't have the same feel. And I feel like now so much time has passed that the bike won't be leaning up against that wall anymore. But it is so frustrating to be able to see that bike and see where it is, but not have enough detail to actually pin it down and actually go and find it. So yeah, we're just keeping an eye out on Facebook Marketplace and Craigslist at the moment. We think it might turn up there. But hey, <laughs> you guys are here to listen about past lives. You're not here to listen about a bike being taken. So sorry for trauma dumping. <laughs> just a little warning before we go ahead today. Some of the stuff we talk about in the big meaty part. Of, I don't know why I always say big meaty, but the juicy part of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> sorry I'll I'll find some more synonyms in a thesaurus and be better next time but some of the stuff I talk about today is very very graphic and gruesome and talks about blood so if that's not your cup of tea tune out for today all right So the whole reason I almost talked about past lives in the past is because one of them is linked to my absolute phobia in this lifetime, emetophobia, which is the fear of vomiting. And I hadn't really made that connection until one night I... So oh, the reason I was going to talk about it was because I think in one of the episodes I was actually really sick and I talked about my emetophobia and then I thought in the next episode I'd explain how something that happened in a past life had turned into emetophobia in this life but I was falling or trying to fall asleep oh oh my god that is Daniel coming home <laughs> Okay, I've got Daniel and I've just decided to go with it. So, can you hear me, Daniel? Uh, do you care? Okay. I don't really care if you can hear me or not. <laughs> oh, I must be growing. Um, anyway, I was telling you about that connection I made, right? Or the first time... I kind of saw aspects of this past life and it was the room I was living in the first year Dan and I were together. So it must have been in 2015. And I actually think this happened in the morning. I think he'd just left for work and kind of given me a little kiss on the forehead and gone. And I was trying to get back to sleep. And as I closed my eyes... I just saw this scene in black and white in the same way that I'd see a spirit, but instead of it being a human, it was a scene. And, God, I don't even know how to describe it. It was like I was in England in early, early times, like King Henry VIII medieval times. And... That's what I could see. And then I just felt this sword 
being dragged out of my throat. And as it was coming out of my throat, all this blood just started bubbling out. So I think it must have been like a battle scene. And as soon, like I could feel the blood, I could taste the metal. And as soon as that happened, I was like, okay, this is a past life experience. This is why I have a metaphobia in this lifetime because it brings back traumatic memories of how I died then. So fast forward a few years, seven years to be exact. It was the 30th of March in 2022 and I just started sort of dabbling with the archangels like dabbling with archangel michael to try and get some protection from spirits and then i also had a few other archangels come through to me when i was channeling archangel michael and realized there was a different kind of energy a different kind of voice in the space and i'd always look up afterwards what those archangels were meant for and two (laughs) came through on this day um Basically, up until this day where I did this little channeling, I'd been told that Archangel Raphael would help me with my creative writing and writing books, and that Archangel Uriel is kind of like the Chris Jenner <laughs> for me. Like he's kind of like my business manager and is just really blunt, really to the point. Is just like you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. So they'd kind of both told me that they should be kind of called upon when I want to sit down and want to write. So on this day, I have here headed up writing with Archangels Raphael and Uriel. And here we go. So up until this point, I think I must have sat and done a little meditation And as soon as I start writing, it's their voice. So I have written here. So we told you on Monday to try and write from the perspectives of your past lives. Where do you want to start? I just say, I don't know what I was. And they say, that's okay. You can feel what happened. You know you're a male. Yes. You know you're fighting in armor. Yes. You know how you die. Yes. Tell us. Tell us. Tell me. It comes out of nowhere. I think I'm winning. I think I'm conquering. I can see it all around me. Bloodshed. I can smell it all around me bloodshed, death. There's not many of us standing anymore. I'm trying to remember how it happened, but all I feel is shock. I taste the metal before I see it. I feel it ripping up my throat. It doesn't glide. It's forced. All I can picture is the descaling of a fish, but the fish is my throat and the knife is a sword. I think it gets stuck on bone and I choke It's still there, stuck in my throat. He tries to yank it out. I feel the blood bubbling up. It's warm. 
It sinks into the crevices of the cuts in my throat on its way up. When he sees the blood, he yanks out the sword. I think it punctured my lung or a rib, I'm not sure. As he slides the sword out, blood erupts from my mouth, through the gapes of my throat, and I fall. I was kneeling when it happened. Why was I kneeling? Why was I kneeling? I was told to. Summoned to. Was my name Michael? Nods. And there's speech marks here. So there's two little quotes that say, You know what you did. You know what you did. You know what you deserve. If you have any pride, you will kneel. You will right this wrong. And so that's what I had had said to me, I think, or Michael had said to him. It continues. I can't remember what I did. That feels wrong. Definitely wrong. I'm ashamed now. But then I don't know why I feel like it was somehow the norm. But this, what I died for, was personal. A betrayal. As I'm lying on the ground, I can't move. I'm holding on to life as much as I can. But the more I hold on, the more the blood comes. I can't move, but the blood is moving for me, taking over my chest, face, torso, like lava, claiming its territory, claiming its death, my death, then black. Now the archangels come back and <laughs> they like interview me. They say, how do you feel writing that? It's strange only knowing how I died and not much else. Why do you think that is? Maybe I'm being protected. Maybe this self can't face the wrongs I did in that lifetime. Maybe I haven't always had pure... Maybe I haven't always had pure morals throughout my lifetimes. I don't think I aged old enough in the others to even create or discover my own morals. Why did I always die as a child? I was a man in this life, but at the time, how old is that? 17? 20? 27? 17. Wow. 17 was also the age I was in Spain, yes? Yes. I'm tired. Take a breath. Can we write about something else? You don't want to. A poem about the blood. Please help me. Blood. It's sharp. The taste of metal meeting blood is sharper. The feeling of metal ripping flesh is sharper. The suction that came from air piercing into my throat through a deep, fresh, bright cut. The air got sucked in and enmeshed with the blood. They fought. They had their own battle. Air and blood, which is sweeter. The more you wish of one to aid you, the more the other comes with it. The more weariness comes with it, the more acceptance comes with it, the more darkness comes with it, the more nothing comes with it, the more I am alone. Even if I had someone to call on, I'd still be alone, choking. The air and blood teamed against me, achieving the justice it was sentenced to me for. And then they say, you can feel disappointed, 
this is about the poem. This isn't about the past life. I was disappointed with what I wrote. They say, no one writes perfection every time they sit down and write. This is an exercise, an experience. We're here to help you. It's okay. Leave this one behind you for now. Go and enjoy your day, Lydia. Yes, Lydia. (laughs) Remember you are who you are now, not who you were then. You're Lydia in this lifetime and forever. Nothing can take that from you. We're here when you need us. All you need to do is ask. With much love, Archangels Raphael and Muriel. Now I remember the first time I recorded this, the real reason that I couldn't bring myself to upload the episode including that story wasn't the story itself, but it was that I was afraid that people would judge me for doing something that got me killed in that lifetime, that was seen as being something morally wrong in that lifetime. And I I feel like when I say it's personal, I feel like it's like I'd slept with his daughter or his sister out of wedlock or something, like it was a romantic thing that ended up with me being killed in the name of treason, you know? But it actually wasn't something that was a real gross crime. But still, I don't know for sure, so it could have been. And I think now I just have the distance to know that whoever, whatever I was in past lifetimes, it doesn't reflect on who I am now. Whereas this time last year, I didn't have that insight and I was just not in a place where I felt I was ready for people to judge me for something I really have no control over in this lifetime. So I hope you don't judge. (laughs) I mean, you're welcome to. I put my stories out there. It's up to you how you want to perceive them and receive them. Um, But that's one out of seven. (laughs) So there you go. I can't say for sure that I'll ever feel comfortable sharing the others. Um, But I guess now you know the common denominator is that I'm children in all of them. (laughs) And that's what makes them really hard. And I know this was graphic. And... It happened to someone who was 17. It's worse when graphic things happen to children of the age of like six to eight. So, yeah, I'm protecting you guys. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for being here. I'm not going to have an episode in the next two weeks. You're going to have to wait a month. I'm sorry. It is because I'm on holiday somewhere tropical and warm. And I just want to enjoy my time while I'm here. And then once I'm back, I'll be in your ears. And I'll give you all the dates on my Instagram so that you know when the next episode can come. But for now, I'll have a question box open on my Instagram at Psychic Ash Podcast tomorrow for you to share anything really from the episode. If you have any thoughts or questions or maybe some past life memories of your own. And 
If you have any other little spooky stories that you want to be featured at the beginning of an episode, just send them through as a DM as well and listen out for your little voice. (laughs) Thank you for listening again today. Best of luck getting to sleep tonight. I will see you in a month. (laughs) Bye-bye.